Welcome to Income for Baby Boomers. If you want to learn about exciting new businesses each week from other boomers who speak your language and have started a unique and profitable business from home, you have come to the right place. For those who would like to try some of these low investment opportunities, stay tuned. We'll help you get started in your own profitable adventure. Now with your host and entrepreneur, Ken Queen. I'd like to welcome Stephen Key writer of One Simple Idea and several other books, and an amazing inventor. How are you doing, Stephen? Wonderful, Ken. Thank you very much. Super. Um, I, I think I might have mentioned to you when I emailed you originally, One Simple Idea I read when you first brought it out. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. It's excellent book. Thank you. I read it twice. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't do anything with it, and we know that <laughs> doing is everything, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Thank you. So we got to get me up to speed and all my listeners. <laughs> all right. We become doers uh, this time as, as we, we learn from you. Um, just to get an idea where this all started, Stephen. Were you an inventor at like five years old, or, or where did it all start? No. In fact, inventor, That's that's a... That's a pretty big title, I think. Uh, okay. Okay. I just went down after college, went down to the, the stores and and started looking at products and thought, gee, you know, I could design something better than that. I, I didn't have a background in package design or even product design, but I don't know. I was kind of a, just like anybody else. I'm a consumer. I know what I like and I don't like, and I thought some of the ideas were were actually pretty terrible. I thought I could do better, so that's how I started. That's an amazing. So it gives hope to all of us. I think we're all very creative. I think we lose some of that the older we get. So to, to find that creativity, um, I think it's precious, and we shouldn't lose it. So I think anybody can do this. I try to find a category or, or a products I'm interested in mm -hmm. and try to find opportunity, maybe – the manufacturer missed something. Maybe I could add a slight improvement. I, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I just make small improvements on existing ideas, and then I show them those those improvements. So, All right. Yeah. Um, and when you do that, do you normally send it to, like, the top 20 companies in that category right off, or you just do one? Well, I send it to a lot of companies. Uh, I don't like to wait. I guess I'm pretty impatient. Okay. Yeah. I've learned that maybe the top companies are not the best companies to send it to because, you know, maybe they don't need this as much, basically. So I don't send it to the smaller guys because maybe they don't have the money. I try to find those companies kind of in between that, that want to be big companies and those guys embrace us creative types and they love us and they want our ideas so I, I but i do call them i do send it to all those guys eventually yes um one thing i was listening to something the other day an interview of yours and i was thinking um do you always before you send any idea off to a to 10 companies or five companies or whatever do you always uh create a provisional patent yeah. and you could describe what that is but is that or, or is that uh, one step uh, ahead of where you should be no everybody's worried about companies taking their ideas and i don't think that's true especially today with social media and because companies need ideas from from 
people like ourselves. So it's not in their best interest. Uh, if you have a lot of ideas, filing a provisional patent application, which is basically a, uh, a placeholder, you know, you, you can file one yourself for if I think if you make under $150,000, you could file one for $65, I mean, and put patent pending, mm -hmm. uh, which is really quite simple to do. Anybody can do it. It doesn't, even, you don't even have to live here in the United States. You can do it anywhere in the world. So I don't file them every time, Ken. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, do you, you don't file it because you've already dealt with these companies in the past and you know their record or if it's a brand new company, you're more I, weary? Well, I played a little bit, a little bit more dangerously than most people. I, I, I want to know if there's interest first. If I have a lot of ideas, if I filed provisional patent applications called PPAs on all those ideas, I'd go nuts. So, okay. So either nuts or broke. Well, too many yeah, answers. even at sixty-five dollars, <laughs> it could add up. So what I like sure. to do is I'll put a sell sheet together. It's a one-page advertisement of my idea. If I if I have built a prototype, which you know sometimes it's hard to do, but sometimes it's really easy to do, I will take a little video of it. So I have like a little commercial, a one minute. I sh I'll show a problem, I'll show a solution, and I'll take it with my iPhone, and I'll send that to a company. And if there's interest, that's when I might go back and file a provisional patent application. See, so I, I want the market to tell me. I want someone to say, Steve, that's a great idea, or, you know, no, we don't like it. So I I kind of – I let the market tell me. But if you really want to play it safe, go ahead, file a provisional patent application. It's easy to do. But if you have a lot of ideas, you might uh, – <coughs> you could skip it. I'm, I'm not an attorney. I'm not giving legal advice. There you go, I everybody. You. Okay. <laughs> Get that clear. Okay. Uh, well, um, so you have the idea, and it's in the, it's a new idea that that people could put in a car. Now you're going to have a heck of a time getting a hold of even the smallest car company, <laughs> and you know the the guy you need to speak to. How do you go about finding this, uh, you know, person that handles a new product that would fit in every car and be fantastic? No, that's a great. That's actually a great question. There's some industries that are just inventor friendly and they have online submission forms where you can mm -hmm. send their you send your idea to them online. I love those guys. Those guys love us too. So those industries right. would be the kitchen yeah. industry, house housewares, um, hardware, the toy, a novelty gift, as seen on TV. Uh, do it yourself, the pet industry, all those guys. I mean, there's so many industries that are inventor friendly, but there's some industries like the automotive, uh, a little bit tougher. <laughs> you're, you're right. Mm -hmm. Software mm -hmm. might be a little bit tougher. Packaging is tougher. It, it takes a different skill set. You still can do it, but it takes a different skill set. You, you always want to talk to someone in the marketing department okay. or someone in so sales because they always pick up their phone or someone in new product development. But these guys are pretty easy to do. In fact, you can find their names now on LinkedIn. It's really easy now. Now, do you need to be a LinkedIn uh, 
member, like a paying yearly to uh, uh, search at that level? Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Okay. I'm on LinkedIn, and it's absolutely free. I think. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I paid. Well, there's there's a hundred dollar level uh, or something. Yeah. And it, it it lets you do more things. I wasn't sure exactly. No, I don't. Do. I don't do that. So I'm, okay. I'm a pretty frugal right. guy. I. I, uh, but you can, I can research, I can type in their name of the mm -hmm. company and sure enough, all these people come up and look at their titles. And if you see someone you think might be a good fit, you might want to reach out to them and don't hit them hard with a sales pitch. You guys don't do that. Just tell them you're a product developer and you'd like to start submitting ideas to their company. What is the process? That's the way I handle it. Or if I've got their name, I can either call the operator and, and ask to speak to that person, and, and then I basically – I never sell over the phone. I think it's terrible, and I don't think you have to be a salesperson. I think if your sell sheet or your little video, let that do the selling for you. But companies right. are looking for ideas. They, they want ideas from us. So you're not, you're not a salesman, and you're not trying to – you're trying to give them opportunities. So they, they welcome those calls. Okay, and on initial contact, if you had the name of someone that's head of marketing or something, you can't get them on the phone. Would you sell your? Would you send your sell sheet, or are you still you want to have a preliminary? You know, would you like to hear about my idea first before you tell them what it is? Well, having someone on the phone is always the best, right? Mm -hmm. If you send them an email. And you can, too, because a lot of people like to communicate through emails now. So let's say you call them up, and it's really hard to get a hold of people these days, right? No one's answering their phone. Exactly. Okay, so go back to the operator. Always make sure that when you call into a company, make friends with the operator because that's going to – she or he is going to help you again. Trust me on this. And then call back and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to reach so-and-so and I'm having a hard time. Could, it, could I please get his e email and send him a note? It might be a little quicker. If they give that to you, which most likely they will, send him a little email, but make it short. Don't, don't go on and on and on. Um, have a clear idea of what the benefit of your idea is, right? And maybe put that in the subject line or say I'm a product developer. I want to submit ideas, but start out slow. Right. A lot of people try to rush to rush things, but try to build a relationship. All right. And I agree with you. Uh, the uh, gatekeeper can be your greatest ally, ally or greatest enemy. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, you're right. And I think you need to treat them with a lot of respect, and, and they will help you navigate through that maze of employees to get to, get to the right person mm -hmm. if you make a friend. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Um, Many people of our listeners, I'm sure, are thinking, gee, I've got like 50 ideas I've thought of over the years, and I end up seeing five or six of them. Uh, they're gone, but I still got you know, 40 I, I haven't seen and I haven't done anything with. How would you approach that in your own mind to say, okay, which idea first here? Write, write the 40 down, and then or which way would you go with it? How would you uh, that's a, nail it down? That's another great question. Because you're right. A lot of people have more than one idea. So how do you pick which one, right? Uh, I look at it this way. If find, I always make sure it's a small improvement on an existing idea. That way I know there's a market for it. Number two, I try to uh, 
find an industry that's kind of inventor friendly, like I, we just talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. A large market. I mean, come on. You know, if you're going to do the work, you want to make sure you, they sell a lot, right? Because you'll collect royalties on each and every one they sell. Because what we're really discussing here is licensing, which you're just basically renting an idea to a company, and every time they sell one, they pay your royalty. So, so having a large market is important. Um, I like to have an idea that I can summarize in one sentence, a benefit of it. So it's easy okay. to describe. People get it. You, you get it instantly. If you have a hard time with that, you might have a hard time really understanding the benefits because companies are licensing really benefits, not prototypes or patents, but benefits. So, um, and also, can it, can it be manufactured easily? If I've got too many bells and whistles or if I've designed something that's just too complicated, that could be a little difficult to do. So I try to find things that are just kind of simple ideas. I got you. Uh, I, I think someone said uh, minimal viable product. Mm. Get the bells and whistles later. That's good advice. Yes. Um, I think again, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking for myself, so I think a lot of my uh, listeners would be in the same boat. So they're thinking, okay, um, but how do I decide uh, if what I'm thinking is really worthwhile or is this the only one way to find out and not send it out yes you're absolutely 100 percent right don't listen to friends and family if i've got a great idea but they don't know uh the only the only person that knows uh or really the only opinion that matters is the company you're showing it to and i've you know early in my career i had a, some ideas and i would show friends or Somebody and they say, eh, that's not a great idea. And I didn't do anything with it to, to later see it on TV. So I stopped doing that. I let the company tell me if it's a good idea. And it's so easy to do now because of online submissions. It's easy to do now because you can put together a sell sheet. In fact, what's really amazing, Ken, you could have, have an idea on a napkin and then have a freelance graphic designer that's great with a computer, create mm-hmm. that idea and make it look like it's the real deal on with computer-generated graphics, almost like you could order it. Mm-hmm. You can have these guys do it for less than $50 now. And so, you can't go to uh, Fiverr for that. Uh, Fiverr's $5, <laughs> but, the, but you can't. But, the, the, but what's amazing, so if you file a provisional patent for $65, Mm-hmm. And I've got a graphic designer producing my sell sheet and my little visual for my product. So now I'm in now I'm in at a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and I can send it off to a company and see if there's interest. So I can do I can do all that within a week. It's amazing how fast you can do it. And, and I've seen um, students I've students all over the world from high school up to seniors that do it all the time. And it's fun because you never know if you've got a good idea and it's there's some extra income. You can live anywhere. It doesn't require starting a business, spending a lot of money. So it's it's a fun time. It's it's actually a great time. More and more companies have embraced open innovation. They they need ideas from us. All right. So you send out five submissions mm-hmm. and a week later nothing happened. Uh, at that point, are you saying this was a bad idea? <laughs> Not yet. Okay, so give it a little bit longer than a week. 
uh, and then follow up, right? You, you might have to call in and, and say, look, I, I've submitted an idea online. Could you explain your process? How long does it take for someone to get back to me? And sometimes it could take a week. Some some companies, like as seen on TV, the guys, those products you see on TV, they'll get back to you within days. They're fast. Uh, some take a little bit longer. Three weeks, four weeks is probably pretty normal. So just relax. Come up with other ideas. Don't be too impatient. It's hard. Don't wait by the phone. And just wait. So let's say you get all no's, which happens all the time. Dan. Okay. Okay. So that's okay. What, what has happened, you've just built relationships basically with all those five or ten companies. Send them another idea again. That's how you win. You keep on sending okay. them ideas. Look at their product line and see if they found a hole. And look at it. Try to be professional with it. Don't just send one idea. Look at it again and send them other ideas because once you have the, the contacts, once you have the websites mm-hmm. how to submit, keep submitting ideas. You'll get one in. I guarantee it. And don't uh, let's say you have an idea for two new games. Don't send both of them at the same time. How are you coming up with these great questions? They're they're so <laughs> right. Uh, no, send one at a time because okay. you want to keep them focused, right? And if you I give them too many things to think about, these guys, you know, you're going to confuse them. So send them one at a time, and then if you get rejected, say thank you. Ask them. Could you please help me understand why? Maybe ask them, what are you looking for? Now you've got a relationship, right? You're, you're talking to these guys. And then mm-hmm. send them another one, right? They'll love now, you for it. you obviously are you're going to be far superior than most coming up with ideas because you've been doing it for so long. But what, uh, at what point does a person say, hmm, I don't have any good ideas? <laughs> I've sent out 20 and they all failed. Or where, where, is, where is the line? Do you, you start wondering? I'm, I don't. Well, looking back when I first started out, my ideas were just terrible. And if someone had told me to give up early, I wouldn't be doing this today because they were awful. I was not a very creative. I just looked at things a little different. I started in the novelty gift industry. Just putting a smile on people people's faces with something new and clever. Uh and I got a lot of quite a few rejection letters, and I started looking at their products a little bit more and coming up with a few more ideas. I play these fun kid games to come up with ideas, so it's really kind of fun to do. And then every once in a while, I'd hit one and realize, well, this is not difficult to do because they need ideas, right? They, the appetite for new in this country is so overwhelming. So you just have to feed the monster and don't give up. And if you get rejected, build relationships. Just stay with it for a while. Stay in a category where you, you know the players, you know the products, and just be creative. Find that child. Let it come back out again and, and show them some variations. What if you are not technically inclined, but you do have, let's say, uh, you have an idea for a new app, but you have no idea how to make an app, but your idea would probably really work well, uh, is that pursuing a, an avenue that you probably just stay away from because of your lack of knowledge? Uh, I, I wouldn't probably start with my first idea, something that I wasn't real familiar with from a technical standpoint. That, that might get a little difficult. Uh, but later, I think you could. Uh, if, if I look at it this way. If something's being done over here and I'm using the same technology to do it over there, then I know the technologies exist. But do I – 
do I know? Do I need to know how to build it? Not necessarily. I can always hire a freelance uh, engineer, software engineer, to help me understand that a little bit better. But I'm always selling the benefits and showing a company. That's what you want to show a company is really why would people buy it? And if you can do that, right? Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. it'll even help you develop it at times. But you're always selling big picture benefits. Why will someone like it? Right. So when you write this uh, sell sheet, you are writing it as if you were uh, sending it to the end buyer, right? You would be putting in those kind of words. It's actually the you're right. It's the customer. If if I'm gonna let's say I have a new hammer innovation that lets me hit nails straight every time. I would produce a sell sheet that says that, showing my hammer, that's the big benefit. It might have a couple features, but I'm going to design that in such a way that they would show it to someone that uses a hammer, the, their, their actual customer, right? So the benefits that he would want to hear yes. and, for and, him to buy. Yeah, and something in a sell sheet, um, be careful not to put too many things in it. It clutters it up. Pretend like it's an ad that you're going to put in the magazine or it's a, a billboard on a highway where you're traveling down. And you see it, you know, you're going 70 miles an hour. You've got seconds to understand it. That's that's what's important about a sell sheet. And if you produce one and um, hand it to a friend and, and see if they get it right away. If they don't get it, it's not communicating uh, very clearly. In, in Twitter... That's a short version there, <laughs> 165 characters or whatever you have. To, so that's a little too short. Probably. No, actually, that's really that's a great. Uh, no, that's a that's a great connection because I think you're, you're right. It's it's you have to be um, sh- short and concise. Uh, a one line benefit statement is really critical, and that's not easy to do. If you can summarize your idea in the one sentence, one powerful benefit that people understand fast. That's a great selling tool, and you'll use that one-line benefit statement even when you sent out emails maybe on the subject line or, or, or if you meet somebody. My product does this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can do that, it's not that easy to do either. Try it. It's not easy, but if you, when you can, you, you clearly know your product has a benefit that people will understand. Yeah, I've heard a lot of that often where they say that if you can't explain what you're doing in a sentence or two, then you don't really understand what you're doing. <laughs> yes. Very good. <laughs> you're missing something. Yes. Um, oh. Just to go back to that hammer, let's say there's some engineering involved to design this hammer, but you see that the feature is going to work, then you don't run out and do the engineering part just yet. You still want to do that sell sheet and get it off to, you know, it can be done and it's not, a, you have some idea that it's not an expensive procedure, uh, yeah. but you don't really want to put out a few hundred dollars in engineering, right? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret here. Uh, sometimes I send ideas to companies. I don't know if they'll work or not. <laughs> so, oh, okay. because I figure I can figure that out later if they're interested. All right. Okay, so, uh, those type of questions, I mean, sometimes you can. A lot of creative people like to play with things, like to build prototypes, like to figure it out. And I think there's a lot of value to that. Do you have to do that? No. So oh, I'll, good. No, so you don't have to. But, but let's say they right. do. Then you're really excited. You're, you're probably you're, you're a little nervous now because you've got some interest. But then find someone to help you with it. Trust me, there, there's people that will help you figure it out. 
Now, are you speaking to uh, agencies, or do you do that sort of thing that, to help them uh, take their idea further along? Let's let's go into what, what services you have, Stephen, so we get that all out. So, yeah. And where where they get a hold of you now? Oh. Let's get all that nailed down. Yeah, um, I don't sell services. <laughs> I I like the education part of it. I have a program called Invent Right. You don't want to invent wrong. Where mm-hmm. it's a year long program, and it's not for everybody. If if you think we're going to do the work for you, we're not the right guys <laughs> because. We like for you to do the work. We think that you need to understand it. You need to be the expert. So um, people sign up. It's a year-long program. We have coaches that coach them through all every step along the way. They call me in when there's a contract, negotiate. I help them negotiate the contracts because that's very, very delicate. Um, mm-hmm. And there's uh, – it just takes- So they wouldn't need a, a contract lawyer, a um, – in. Uh- uh, a lawyer that specializes in patents. No, you, they, you could you could take that place of that. Well, I do this. Uh, what I do is I help them understand licensing agreements, mm-hmm. and and help them with the dance because that takes a while. And there's a process when you're negotiating. And these are basically business terms: royalty rates, minimum guarantees, who owns improvements. I help them understand that, so they they'll learn eventually to, to do this themselves. So I work behind the scenes, line by line, and then once we negotiate all that, and it takes a little bit of time. A good contract takes time. A lousy contract you can sign real quick. <laughs> so we go through it, and then once you're ready to sign on the dotted line, I always recommend bringing in a licensing attorney to, to review okay. it just to make sure I haven't missed anything, to make sure that um, – uh, my students are clear on all the issues, so that's the way we do it, and, and it works quite well. I, there's a process to wear these companies down, and they, they underestimate us. That's what I really like. They, the, my students get in, they like it, and they think they're working with this student someplace who knows where, just one person, but they, they don't realize there's a, a team of people mm-hmm. that have 30, 40, 50-plus years. <laughs> so, right. Find them. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of pick it apart slow. We're always positive. We work with the easy things first and then the difficult things a little later so they get a little tired. They've invested so much time and energy, we usually win. Uh, and that's how we, we get these deals for our students. As they as you go along, they start to realize maybe you weren't so dumb. <laughs> it, I, I always wonder when that dawns on them. When they, <laughs> It's usually too late. Uh-huh. Uh, and... I like it. That to me is is real fun. Most people are pulling their hair out about that time, but to me, it's a challenge. It's fun. It's a chess game. I, the harder it is, the, the the more I enjoy it. So, so InventRight's an educational program, but I also do other things. Uh, I write books on bringing ideas to market. Of, of course, the one one simple idea series. Mm-hmm. Um, I also write for Entrepreneur.com and Inc.com on licensing as well. Yeah, you've you've got a few books out there too. That's, that's great. Um, I am. Well, uh, whereabouts do they get a hold of you? Let's get. Uh, I, I'm going to put all that in the show notes too, Stephen. Sure. But some people never go there, so they need to hear it uh, live. It's, so. it's really simple. If um, if you just go to invent like inventright.com, um, you can find all that information there. You can reach out to us. If you want more information, um, you can always 
there's a thing, there's a place to fill out a form and someone won't, we, we're, we're not, a, we don't sell. We, I, I, this whole thing about selling, I don't sell. What I like to do is I give this information away for free in my books. And if people want more help, we're there to help them. So sure. you can always email me at my full name, Stephen Key. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Stephen Key at inventright.com. And uh, I'll get back to anybody that reaches out to me, of course. Now, a lot of the people, most of probably our listeners are baby boomers, and they're, they're let's say, in a situation where they're trying to semi-retire or they've been forced to early retirement, don't have a big pension, you know, that's kind of skinny. So they really need to get something, Stephen, that's going to make them some money. Uh, what is a... I know this is a big question, but what would be a realistic uh, length of time if they really put their back to this and spent 30 hours a week or 40 hours a week because they're they're not working anymore to make this thing uh, start producing some income? That's a wonderful question. Um, this isn't the lottery, I tell everybody. This is a business. Mm-hmm. So yep. you have to invest some time. Uh, you can get started with very little money. That's the thing I do like about it. And you can live anywhere. And because of the tools that we have, you can put together your sell sheets and file provisional patent applications. So you can get in a this business for next to nothing. I don't know if in, in any other business you can do that, actually. So mm-hmm. yeah. low, low uh, barrier. Yeah. So and then getting this to companies, you don't have to fly out, dance on the table. You're going to submit them online. So you can get up and running within a month. Now, that being said, usually if someone likes it, that probably takes about 30 days, 45 days to sign, maybe 60 days to sign a contract, a good one. So now you're into it a couple months, sometimes less, sometimes more. You know, I, I've seen great ideas not go anywhere, and I've seen ideas that I thought would never see the light of day get licensed really quick. So I, I don't have the crystal ball on any of that. So like when you saw like the pet rock, you it, you couldn't believe it. Well, you know, that actually got me started in the industry because I thought oh. if anybody could sell a rock, I might do okay. Uh, it, that inspired you. It, 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 actually, it did. I was in the same town. I was in Las Gatas where Gary Dahl started that. So mm-hmm. um, I actually got, had it. I actually had a conversation with him at one time. He, he really had a big influence in my life. But anyway, getting back to your question. Uh, so it, now here's the long part is that they have to get in production. And that usually takes a little bit of time. It, and the fastest I've seen it done is probably eight months. So you're, you're talking about a year, right? Um, yeah, before the cash is going to Yeah, that, that's but pretty realistic, and, and sometimes it takes a year and a half for them to really roll in because you need that first quarter of royalties. And then it, what happens if it works and it's selling well, those royalties seem to, you know, your distribution, because it takes time to get that product out to more retailers, the royalty starts to grow, right? And, uh, and then in the meantime, you, you try to do other stuff. I tell everybody – Try to come up with a lot of ideas like anything else. Licensing is a numbers game. So mm-hmm. come up with, you know, start with one, get comfortable, go through the process, and then start floating those ideas as fast as you can. Uh, what about upfront money? You know, people say, oh, I want uh, 5000 upfront. I want 10000 upfront. Is that rare? Yes. It, um, <laughs> it, it can be. I usually try to have people negotiate for the company to pay if there's any patents, you know, 
non-provisional patent applications that they pay for that instead of an upfront licensing fee um, because it, it's easy to negotiate that because it helps you and helps them. It's a good business decision. But I have seen people you know, actually cut deals where they get money up front. That has to be a pretty strong idea. Uh, one of our coaches um, just got an upfront licensing uh, deal, and that, that was a pretty substantial number. I was surprised. But the product was so strong, they saw it. He could have probably asked for a, a trip to the moon on uh, Virgin uh, Airlines and probably would have got it too. So I don't know. I don't see it very often, but it does happen. So it wasn't his great sales prowess that did it. It was the great idea. Can your sales ability be a big effect here or not really? It's the product. No, it's always the product. They, you're only is people ask me all the time. They say, you know, Steve, they probably know you. And I said, no, they don't know me. They, you're only is, is, um, they look at the product. They don't look at the product. They don't look at your past. They only care about what you're showing them today. Now, mm-hmm. what do you do for me today? That's all that matters to them. But what you can do, if you if you show your idea to let's say a large retailer, that says yeah we want it, or if you did a Kickstarter campaign that you you raised money, there's all these things I call pull through marketing that that really gives that potential licensee a proof of demand. Right. If you it. can do that little little bit of work, you can get some upfront money. Yeah. Now the only problem that I've heard, and you can tell me what's wrong or not, but some say once you get on Kickstarter, uh, a lot of companies don't want to pick up the product because it's been exposed to everyone or whatever. I don't know, but I've heard some kind of negative uh, feedback on that. What do you think on that? You know, you can always hear two sides of a story. I think some companies will license an idea and they put it up on Kickstarter because for advertising, it's free advertising. Okay, so it doesn't. No. So really, it, in most cases, it shouldn't hurt you. Then. It shouldn't hurt you at all. Can you imagine having people pull out their wallet and we had one student raise four hundred ninety thousand dollars? I don't see anything wrong with that at all. In fact, companies mm-hmm. love it. Proof of when someone pulls out their wallet and buys your product, pre-orders your product. That's a pretty good sign. So, so, yeah. This might be the best place to go test your product then, the Kickstarter and, and the other uh, programs like it. I think you can. We've had other students sign licensing deals because they did small Kickstarter campaigns and reached their goal. And that was a, 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 a way of doing proof of demand. So, yes, it can work. You have to realize, though, Kickstarter campaigns, to do them successfully, they, they take some time. And you usually are working two two months, three months before you even launch. So there's a strategy to it, but it's still fun. But, but what I like about it, the the everyday person now gets to vote. It's not three guys in a room in some mm-hmm. office somewhere, right? Let the voice of the community speak. So I like it. Levels the playing field. I think it's a wonderful tool. And it's got to be those votes are more valuable than the three guys in the room probably because they put their money out. I think it's the most important vote, yes. Mm. It's a game changer. It's a game changer. And you know, even big companies are doing it now, uh, letting the crowd vote. So you'll see – I think you see that more and more, right? I think it's a great, great opportunity to see if you have something. What about percentages? Like I, I would imagine that uh, the automotive industry for ideas there is at a 
two to three percent level, and maybe another area of games is five day. Is there some kind of uh, uh, norm that's that's for each industry? Well, five percent is it's pretty normal, but you have to look at the volume that's being sold. Really, I I, I try to tell everybody if you know what the wholesale price is, and you can guess, and and look at the number of stores a product could sell in and look at what a 3% royalty or 4% would be or 5%. You'll, you can do the math. It's really simple. And if you've got an item that that's, has a huge volume, you know, maybe you only need a 3%, right? But I mean, if it's such a fantastic idea, why would you want to take less, though, I guess? I mean, yes, it's probably going to really do well, but you should still maybe get your 5%, or is that being greedy? <laughs> I I think it all has to do with your how you feel personally about it. Um, I think that it, I guess it's important what you negotiate, but at the end of the day, a good relationship, a good contract works for both parties. I think it, you just do the math and see where your greed level is, I guess, kind of, okay. right? So, um, yeah, I think that's the easiest way of doing it. And you can ask for more of a royalty if you've done more work. If you've got CAD drawings or maybe you went a small production run or maybe you showed it on Kickstarter and you got money, there's things that prove that you have, you've, you've worked a little bit harder and you deserve a higher royalty rate. I got you. Would there be any reason to ever take your idea and put it out on Facebook and different social media platforms first before you send it to a company to see what uh, the folks are saying out there? Or is that uh, exposing your idea? Well, and maybe <laughs> I don't think there's a set answer. I wouldn't. I don't. I think that's too much exposure at the very beginning still. Okay. But I had a student recently that came up with an idea. It, it's a 3D printer for that makes pancakes. And, wow. <laughs> and he made it out of Legos for his kids. And there wasn't any intellectual property at the time. And he tried to license it, and, and no one was interested in it. So he, he started showing it at these um, Maker's Fair, which are happening all over the world. And Yeah, those are great. Yeah, and built up a big following. People knew him. And so then a company saw it and they licensed it from him. They they loved it. And next thing you know, they he put it they put it on a Kickstarter and they raised that four hundred and ninety thousand dollars. So a crazy idea sometimes is good. <laughs> I think there's many ways of doing this. There's this not just one way. I can tell you though what won't work if you don't get off the couch and do something. I can guarantee you that's not going to work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, proof of that. <laughs> in, in the inventing area, I went and did other things, but that was one I, I didn't uh, do anything on, and so I have got nothing. Well, <laughs> from No income from that. <laughs> I tell everybody, if you want to have fun with this, come up with some category you just think is fun and do the sell sheet and send it off to a company. And, and what you're going to find, what's going to shock you, is how they welcome you so much, mm-hmm. and that's enough to go. Hey, I can I can do this, and I can because I think we're all experts. I think we're all capable of doing this because we're consumers. We know what we like and we don't like. And big companies get so busy that I think they lose some of that creativity. And I think 
really creative people don't stay there for very long and they're putting out fires every day. So it's a great opportunity for us to jump in and, and help. And uh, one other thought I was thinking, is there any way of researching in advance what companies uh, have been treating their inventors fairly <laughs> compared to the ones that haven't? Well, it's hard to hide on the Internet now, right? Mm -hmm. So I would always recommend, I don't care who you're working with, just type in their name, type in complaints, type in lawsuits, and, and see what comes up. And you have to kind of read through it a little bit. You know, no one's perfect. I understand that. But if you see it, start to see a track record that they have a lot of complaints and someone says, hey, they did this, you might want to give it a second thought. And But trust me, there's a lot of companies out there that, that um, really value our, our creativity, that they treat us extremely fair. They welcome us, and they would love to pay us a, a royalty for a good idea. What do you think of the fellow who says, well, I want to keep all the money. <laughs> so I want to bring this thing to market myself. Uh, that's a whole different approach. Is that a, a good idea, especially when you're starting out? Well, I, I, I think you have to look at your skill set and say, how much time do I have? Mm -hmm. What are my skills? Because really, you know, people invest in people. Not so much products, right? And you're going to need to raise some money. How much time do you have? What do you want to do big picture? How much control do you want to have? Even the simplest ideas take a lot of time and, and money. People truly don't understand that. I, I started a company selling guitar picks a few years ago, and, yes. and they were just pennies. And guitar picks weren't expensive, but hmm. once we became a Walmart vendor and started selling at some of the larger stores – you know, we were we were doing a million dollars a year, and that was a that was a big business for little guitar picks. But mm -hmm. the stress of working sixty hours a week, the stress of floating my money, which was hundreds of thousands of dollars to these big accounts, mm -hmm. it, it was a lot of risk. It was a risk that I wasn't real comfortable with. Uh, so, if you like to have control, and you've got the time, you've got the money. Uh, but just realize this. Today, it's all, in my opinion, a lot of it has to do with speed to market. Large companies don't innovate. They they watch someone else do it. So if you're successful, you will have other people chasing you pretty fast. And they might have better distribution. And trust me, there's always mm -hmm. ways of getting around certain ideas. So licensing is really, to my, in my opinion now, is really finding that perfect partner that has all the tools necessary to bring your idea to market fast. And fast is a great way of protecting your idea, but also a company that's, that has good customer service, a good relationship is another way to protect it. Those, to me, are the best ways of protecting your idea. I guess what's, what I think about is one year is fast. It seems like a long time, you know, in, in today's microwave. <laughs> it, it It is really, really fast. When you think of like when I was doing the guitar picks, we were probably at Walmart uh, level probably five years into it. It took five years. And the only reason why people didn't copy us is that the, the largest producer of guitar picks made our guitar picks. So there was no reason for him to copy us because <laughs> he was already – Yeah, right. Yeah, so – You were on the right side of the just, track. It just happened to work out that way. 
So we were under the radar for a long time and were able to sneak in there real quick. Yeah. My problem is I've always invested my money in all my ideas. Some fifty, sixty thousand level, and some of them a hundred dollar level. But I've always put my own money out and all my effort, and I've had lots of failures from it. I mean, I've had you know some successes, but yeah, it's a uh, it's a hard way to do it when you got all your money on the line every time and you don't sleep well. Well, I I have a lot of uh, appreciate. I appreciate people that do that. I'm not one of those types. I'm I'm a low. Well, you you were at one time. Well, I have been, but I'm a low risk guy. I, right. I yeah. like. I'm moving in that direction. I like um, other people working for me. Mm-hmm. I like to have things. My father taught me about this multiplying effects. Things that don't require your hands or your presence. Mm-hmm. That um, you can create income if you're on vacation. So yes. those type of things are fascinating to me. Uh, so licensing is that business model, and I think it's going to keep growing because it, it's, um, number one, I don't think a lot of people understand it. I think they've heard about it. They're talking about it on Shark Tank all the time now. Hopefully that helps people understand licensing. But it's basically you're just renting an idea to a company, and they're going to do all the work for you. I like it. It's <laughs> a great model. Yeah. Uh, do you have a podcast specifically yourself? I know you have all kinds of uh, YouTube videos and all types of videos out there, but do you do a podcast weekly or something too? No. Um, we we have fun with YouTube. We, we do these 10-minute um, yes. YouTubes on all the, all the steps, which is just kind of fun. It's not scripted. Andrew Krauss, my partner, and we just do it. Uh, we have a lot of fun with it. I think we have people that enjoy it. Uh, no, no, you always are jumping and getting excited. Well, I love, I love <laughs> it so fun much. To watch. I think people watch it and go, you know, these guys, you know, it's not scripted, and we're not mm-hmm. trying to sell no. you anything. We're just saying, hey, this is how you do it. And if uh, right. so, we have fun with that. Uh, the writing, as you know, takes a lot of time. I, I produce a lot of content um, for a couple of online magazines, and mm-hmm. of course, I'm, I'm getting involved in a couple of the projects we're going to do. Um, my main one of my main businesses is called InventRight. I mentioned that we're doing one for high school kids. That's absolutely for free. Uh, it, we're going to start with 41 high schools. It's going to be it's called Invent Yes, um, Young Entrepreneur Success, um, wow. and that's going to be probably up and running by August. And that's kind of a way to give back to a generation that maybe is a little fearful. Or, or can people give in to that? Is it you set up a 501c or something for it? Or? Um, we haven't we haven't done it that way. It's it's still going to be part of InventRight, but there's it's not even a nonprofit. It's no profit. We're going to yeah, no profit. Okay. We're going to do it for free. Uh, right. And the other things that that's got me extremely excited is that I was part of uh, an inventors inventathon called Make 48. It was in Kansas City. He had 48 hours. You got this challenge from a big sponsor. All these inventors, entrepreneurs, just regular people got together, and they had 48 hours to come up with a solution and then pitch it. And we're having another one in Kansas City early October. It's called Make 48. And it's just fun. It's the real deal. It's, it's, like, uh, it's like the real world. You never have enough money. You never have enough time. Mm-hmm. You got to come together and see if you can come up with a solution. And if and if you do, and if if you win, you you have a possible licensing uh, arrangement with that company that that's the main sponsor. 
plus there's some cash prizes too. It's it's just fun. What's it cost to enter that? I, I don't know. I think they're changing it. It's not expensive, uh, but it's it's a pretty pretty wild thing. If you go to make48.com, you'll see these mm-hmm. little videos, which really fun. They have 3D printers. They've got these labs that the people that will help you come up with prototypes. You have all the support. It's it's a challenge. It's the it's the it's a wonderful challenge. That sounds good. Yeah, I think you're going to see this. Um, more and more cities are going to start to do this because it's fun. Is this the numeral four eight? Yes. Okay, so make and then the number forty eight. Yeah, okay, that's fun. In fact, you'll even see that I've got a banner up on my website. I'll be involved in it again, uh, talking about licensing, helping some of these contestants win this, win the, win the big prize. It's fun. It's got me really excited. Well, you definitely are in a field that you love now. Like you say, you've you were the owner of the whole business in the past, but being the licensee is the better way to go, I guess, for, for most of us, you know, because we don't have all the expertise and we don't want to have to hire and put all the money well, <laughs> is the killer. And then it doesn't work, and then all you, there it goes. No, you know? I, I've done them both, and I thoroughly enjoyed starting the company. I didn't know what I was doing, basically. That's probably the reason why I jumped in. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was exciting. Make sure you love your customer. But be, you know, plan ahead. Uh, make sure you do a good business plan. I think that's more important than people realize. Understand it's going to take a lot of work. You will be under a tremendous amount of stress. But if that's something that you like to do, then go for it. You'll have a blast. If you were to start Stephen, all over again, right now, today, you have nothing. So you have no reputation, nothing going on. What would you do? I would do the exact same thing, although I'd do it a little differently. I would um, visit all the top design schools in the country, and there's there's some really wonderful talent out there. And I would reach out to companies that need ideas, and I would be the guy that connects them together. Because that to, that to me is the ulti, ultimate um, multiplying effect. Okay, so then what you're saying is you wouldn't be going so much after your ideas. You're going to find the kids that are graduating that have ideas and connect them to the companies that need it. Yeah. So you'd be the middleman to that. Basically, you like that yeah, better than even in Benny. <laughs> well, I think I'm very good at the process. I don't think I was that great at inventing, although I license a lot of ideas. They're pretty silly <laughs> ideas too, but. I like um, the process of, of navigating how to bring ideas to market. I really like that process. And there's mm-hmm. so many talented people. But imagine, you know, I'm only going to come up with so many ideas. But imagine if I had, you know, 100 to top designers that were coming up with ideas. That, that's really a wild thought. And then I had, you know, 20 companies that were looking for ideas, and we just fed them all the time. No, well, let's approach it from the other end. So those are the young kids, and they do have a lot of good ideas. We just see Facebook and all, all the companies that come out there. That we know they're coming up with good ones. But what about harnessing all these baby boomers that have all this life experience? Now, maybe sometimes it's a stumbling block for them, but at the same time, they're extremely knowledgeable in some industries. we got to figure out how to harness oh. what they know to do what like you want to do with kids. we got to do that with well, baby boomers. Well, I think... You know, I love it because I'm a baby boomer, and I I look at every day as a new day, and I'm excited about the possibilities. And I have some friends that don't look at it that way, and I, I'm really kind of shocked. 
you can jump in this game of innovation with having a very little background in it. You know, if you're a consumer, you know what you like and what you don't like. If you know the process of licensing, if you're willing to connect to other designers, if you're willing to go on LinkedIn, you can do it from your home now. Mm-hmm. And you can have fun with it. Communicate with other people. Go to go to some of these inventors groups in your city. Get involved. Get out. See what's new. What's really amazing, too, look at the opportunity to create for this generation. I, I think the products that we're going to see, we're going to live longer than we ever have. And we're going to have certain needs. I think the opportunity to design for baby boomers is going to be absolutely off the charts. Design for them or them being the designers? For them and being the designers. Hey, I've got problems every day I'm trying to overcome myself. (laughs) Uh, So why not play there? You know it. You're living it. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand why anybody would just kind of not get involved. I'm not a very high-tech person now, but with my iPhone, I can run my business on my phone. That's you got one of those iPhone 6 Pluses. Yeah, right? is that amazing? I can, and I'm, I don't type very well. I just speak into it. It types for me now. I mean, like, yeah, I know. what do I need I to that. do? Yeah, yeah. So, and I think also you stay young when you do something that that kind of makes you step outside your comfort zone and makes you a little nervous and that's what inspires me each day. If I do something that, that kind of gets me a little nervous, that that's outside, I, I look forward to each day of, of tackling something that's brand new. And I think that's going to keep me young. Well, let's figure out together over time what unique package to get all the baby boomers off the couches, uh, over to their computer at least, and not just grazing on the Internet. <laughs> But actually, you know, applying what they've learned all their lives, because I see all these people going to their graves with amazing information and knowledge and never doing anything with it. And it it, it kills me to see that happen. So let's see what we can create to... to, uh, I think it's a shame that um, people put... I look at my age as an asset. Same here. Yeah, that Same here. it's the greatest asset I have. I have experience and and some wisdom. I've been through some tough times and good times, and and I understand it's relationship building, and I understand that ideas can come from anybody. And there's so much. The internet's the greatest library in the world now. So there's it's an exciting time to to keep up on it and learn and try new things. And so for someone not to embrace that, uh, I, I think they need to look at it a little differently so well you just have to get the uh boomers jealous like i got jealous the other day this young girl said well i just got tired of think i wrote this whole book in one day and it sat here on the shelf for a year and finally i just said i'm just putting it out the way it is and she's selling a bunch of books and i'm thinking no wait a minute i know a hundred times more than you and i haven't written (laughs) any books So she was making me jealous about writing books. I'm thinking, well, what's the matter with me? You, you know, what's interesting about that, there's there's professional people that, that can help you write that book, and you can self-publish now, and mm-hmm. it, you can make things in your garage and sell them on Etsy. Is it Etsy? Am I pronouncing that right? Etsy? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, why not? It's a, it's a wild, wild world now. You don't have to 
you know, you don't have to retire. Who wants to re- what? What would you do if you retired? I don't understand that. Uh, what do you do? Like it's called give up. I think. I, I think it is. Why would you want to do that? I there's just so much fun things to do that I guess I'm just excited about it, and I guess I'm at you know looking back, I'm gonna. I'm a little old, to, I guess, to be doing this. I guess I I don't feel – I feel like I'm 18 years old. I feel like I'm ready to go. I yeah, feel like every yeah, day is a new day. I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, you're going to do what you're doing to the end. I, I interviewed this lady uh, a few weeks ago, and she said her dad in church, his playing the organ was his most favorite thing. He's in church playing the organ and died at the organ. There you go. All right. He died what he loved doing. I thought, I, wow. Yeah, my my father shared with me. He loved what he did every day. And he said, "Look, you know, life is way too short. Enjoy every day if you can, and find something you're passionate about. And and if not, help others. Then, and and, and you will find your passion once you do that. I think if you if you give, you, you'll get back tenfold. That's fantastic. Any last words? I will let you go. It's been fantastic. But any last message to the to the boomers? No, I I just want to thank you f- um, for your time this morning. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, please. I'm 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 really easy to get a hold of. No one ever does it. So, uh, but just have you know, look at life a little differently. Why not? And enjoy it. All this new technology is a little intimidating at first. But it's exciting, and they, they're they making it so easy for all of us now to communicate. So don't let it um, – you know, sometimes this technology works in reverse that people don't communicate that well because they do it through emails or whatever. But the best thing you can do, get on Skype and, and connect with some of your old friends in other parts of the world and talk to them on Skype and see them and say hello and ask them how, how they're doing. That's what, I, that's what I like to do now, reconnect. And you are very open for connection, I know, because four or five years ago, somehow I got your phone number and you answered. <laughs> I thought, wow. I'll do these events where I give out my telephone number and there'll be a lot of people in the room. And someone might call me like three years later. It's like, really? It took you that long? Uh, no, it took me just days. I read the book yeah. and I thought, I'm phoning them. Yeah. And you answered. I thought, wow. I think people are, so, yes. I think people are always surprised. Um, I think most people are pretty open. And they, they welcome no. it. So. You certainly are. Well, thank you, Stephen, for taking all this time. And it's just been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully next time I talk to you, I will have some inventions to tell you about. <laughs> I'm going to look forward to it, Ken. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Income for Baby Boomers with your host, Ken Queen. Helping boomers like you get a business started you can run from your own home. We interview owners of both online and offline businesses, but most importantly, ones that are run by baby boomers. Stay tuned next week for new and exciting businesses that you can start from your home. Until next time, have a profitable and blessed week.